0: Welcome back to the A Man on Target podcast. I am your host, Jack Pendergast, and this week we will dive into part one of a six week series about living fulfilled lives as men. Today we discuss the importance of faith and God in our lives as men. We will talk about where God should be in the list of priorities of our lives, a few practical ways we can make God the number one priority, and how putting God first translates into the other five areas we will talk about in this series. And lastly, I will talk about how I have gotten things mixed up under the guise of putting God first and how that affected my faith, my marriage, my kids, and everything in between. But before we get started, I just want to ask that if you are enjoying this podcast and are getting value out of it and you want to support me, all I ask is that you take a few seconds to rate and review this podcast, subscribe and share it with your friends. And with that being said, let's get it back into the show. So, it's no secret where God and faith in Him should be in our lives. God is our first priority as men, above our wives, or girlfriend if you are single or dating, our children, our friends, everything. Everything in our lives flows through God and our relationship with Him. Now, I can get into the spiritual side of things and quote scripture to back it up. But for the sake of this podcast, let's let's just keep it practical. There are plenty of shows out there that dig into the spiritual things of God, and I recommend that you search them out. Now, this doesn't mean that these ways of putting God first in our lives aren't spiritual or biblical. They are very much biblical and essential to our spiritual lives and our physical lives. So let's keep this simple. Here are four ways we can start putting God first in our lives as men. Number one, the first way to prioritize God in your life is time with God. Every day, I start and end my day in a routine, and in that routine, I read my Bible. Now, I'm sure some of you are thinking, oh, here we go. This guy's going to tell me that he reads his Bible morning, noon, and night, and he reads through the entire Bible three times a year. I quite assure you that is not the case. But every night before I do go to sleep, I read a chapter or two of Scripture. I think and pray about it. Maybe highlight or underline a verse or two and even journal when something stands out. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't strive to read more and more each day, but you need to start somewhere. And if you're the type that reads and studies a lot of Bible, that's great. The more the better. After all, how can we have a deep relationship with God if we don't read the word he gave us, right? Now, back to why I read and study the way I do. Honestly, I've tried i tried to read the Bible in a year, and if you have tried this, you may know how inundating this can be. Honestly, the way my mind works and tends to wander, it's hard for me to focus on any more than one or two chapters at a time. And this isn't just reading the Bible. I have the same issue when reading for fun, self-improvement, or whatever it might be. So let's be real here. The Bible is pretty deep. It's full of various types of figures of speech, literary styles, historical data, deep theological meaning. For me, I would much rather focus on one or two chapters at a time and understand and digest what I am reading. I mean, that's better than just mindlessly reading the whole swaths of the Bible just to not get a single lick out of it. So, if this is an area you are struggled with, know that you're not alone. Start small, read a chapter, or even just a few verses. God would much rather you read a few verses and understand what he is saying to you than reading, say, the book of Leviticus in one sitting just to say you did it and check that box. So number one, spend more time with God. The second way you could prioritize God in your life, finding and attending a strong Bible-based church, one that practices sound biblical doctrine. To start, they preach Jesus is Lord, the death and resurrection. The Trinity, the sacraments. The Bible is the inerrant word of God. They don't add or subtract from God's word. And the church is people focused, just a few places to start. Now, there's more that you may and should look into as far as secondary doctrines, depending on denomination, your beliefs, but those are some of the big ones. Now, the local church is a place of worship and community. If you're not plugged into a local church, You and your family are missing out on a key part of living a fulfilled life. You are missing out on community with God, other like-minded people. And if we as men are not leading our families to God in this way, we are missing the mark. There has been a huge problem within the local church for a few generations now. Um, Shoot, it might even be centuries. Who knows? The problem is that women have been leading families in this area. And you may have noticed this in your own church and if you haven't, you might take notice now. Men have been complacent in leading families to the simple act of just going to church. And if they do attend, they sit on the sidelines, never getting involved with community. They stand there not showing any emotion, just like a dead oak tree not even swaying to the wind. There is a crisis of masculinity in the church. The church has lost its men by and large, sometimes spiritually, and oftentimes physically, like like just actually being there. And if men are there, many of them are, quote-unquote, not there, if you catch my drift. And that reminds me of something else you, you should look for in a church. Find a church that also provides a place for men. My church is intentional in providing that space. Every couple of months, they hold a worship service conference of sorts for men. Our church also has several men's life groups, Uh, maybe known as small groups in other churches. Now, some of you guys just had something in you swell up right there. You're thinking, I don't need that. I'm good. You're a lone wolf, right? You're an alpha male (laughs) or maybe the other side of the spectrum. You're an introvert. You can't be around people. Or if I'm being real, you don't want to seem vulnerable in front of other men, right? That feeling you just felt, that's pride. Yep. Pride. And if you just got pissed I said that, guess what? That's some more pride. C.S. Lewis wrote this. The essential vice, the utmost evil is pride. Now, side note, he's going into a list of sins here. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leaves to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. So, plainly stated, C.S. Lewis is saying that pride is the root of all sin. He also wrote, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, that humility is the antidote to pride. It takes a humble man to lead your family in this way, swallowing your pride, surrounding ourselves with other men of faith. Now, what would the church look like if we all led this way? If we not only attended church, but we worshiped the God who created us and saved us, and we got involved, we joined a small group for men, worshiped with a group of men, and we dug deep to grow in our faith and lead our families by example, man, what would the church look like? What would our families look like? Okay, so that was a long one. But that brings me to my third way you can prioritize God. You have to get involved and serve, and I mean serve in your church. We have to lead by example, and part of leading is serving in our church. Many churches are structured now to get people involved in serving where your gifts and talents are best used. And I will say this, it is not the pastor's or the church staff's responsibility to do everything. And the reality is, they just can't. Scripture says we all have gifts. And each of us are a part of the body. If a part of the body is missing, the church cannot fully function as intended. Now, we recently moved to a new church. So we had a few months of not serving until we got acclimated. But now my wife and I both serve on the church's worship team. I play guitar. She sings. So we use our our gifts and our talents to serve God and to lead people in worship. Through serving, we also show our children one way that we are putting God first. At our previous church, I served in a lot of areas. I was deacon on the board. I was in charge of the church renovations and construction. At one point, I probably served in just about every area of the church. And later, I'll talk about how through serving, I got things a little mixed up and how that's affected me and my family. All right. So on to the fourth way to prioritize God in your life, our money. Now I know this just puckered some of your buttholes and probably put a pit in your stomach. Again, for simplicity's sake, I won't get into what God's word says about money. Just know that the Bible talks about money and possessions a lot in more than 2,300 verses. And it was Jesus's most taught subject, even more than sin and death. So, there are only three things we can do with our money. We can spend it, we can save it, and we can give it. Most of us have the spending down pat. Some of us are pretty good savers, and a small portion of us give. And if you don't believe me, I got a staff for you, and you can look this up. Now, you may have heard of the 80-20 rule. Usually, this is talked about in like leadership or entrepreneurial teachings. Uh, It's found in some many areas of our lives, but uh, simply put, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Well, that rule also has been found to be true in giving in a church. 20% of the people who regularly attend church give 80% of the total tithes and offerings a church receives. As far as how we prioritize God with our money, you guessed it, we do that through tithing and giving. Now, if you've been in church, you've heard the word tithe. You may even know what it means. But for those of you that don't know what it means, the word tithe literally means a tenth, 10%. And God's word says we're to bring the whole tithe to him first. So that means if you could do math, you bring 10% of your income to him first. So how do we do this? We, we give through the local church. Now, this may seem anecdotal, As this is my own experience, but we, as you know, Jen and I, we could never get ahead on money for a long, long time. Living paycheck to paycheck, not enough money to make it to the end of the month. It wasn't until Jen and I decided to tithe that things started to turn around. I would also venture to say that if you ask somebody you know who tithes, they will tell you the same thing. They'll tell you the same exact story. I've often heard this saying, that 90% with God goes further than 100% without God. And honestly, we have found that saying to be 100% true in our lives. Now, part of this is spiritual, like God says to test him and in, in this, and he will open the floodgates. But the other part is just practical. It's about discipline. Just like anything else in our lives, what you focus on grows And tithing forces you to seriously look at your finances and rearrange things so that you can put God first. When my wife Jen and I first talked about tithing, way back at the beginning of our faith journey as a couple, Jen was not about it at all. And it wasn't because she was stingy or greedy. She just didn't have any upbringing of Christian values. And honestly, for me, I always saw family or friends throw a few bucks on a plate on Sunday and thought that's what constituted as giving, as tithing. I didn't fully understand what tithing meant. Now, for Jenna and myself, there was a lot of concern over not having enough, and rightly so. We lived paycheck to paycheck. How the heck were we going to budget in 10% for God? The truth is, we didn't have a budget to begin with, so deciding to tithe put us on a path of looking at our spending and realizing that we were... Wasting a lot of money on frivolous things, like coffee at Wawa that's like our local convenience store. We were spending literally hundreds of dollars a month on coffee. I think if I recall correctly, like one month it was like three hundred and fifty dollars in coffee, just stopping in the morning, stopping in the way home, and man, just incredible, hundreds of dollars, and at the time we smoked, so there was hundreds more. And these weren't the only things we were throwing money away with. We had a ton of debt. If I'm going to be honest with you, we had $106,000 just in consumer debt, you know, like car payments, maxed out credit cards, personal loans, you name it. We had it through the process of putting God first with our money. We were able to get our finances straightened out, get out of debt and get finally on some solid footing. All right. Let's talk about how I messed things up. Like I mentioned before, at our last church, I served in pretty much every area of the church. Not all at once, but sometimes I served in multiple areas that needed help. It was a small church early on, and we were growing this thing and we were committed to it. So sometimes it took sacrifice, and sometimes we just didn't have the people yet. We were small. But at one point, I was serving on worship every weekend, multiple services. I was on the executive board, like I said before, running construction and renovations. And that also included actually building and working on the construction projects myself. And sprinkle in there, there would be other projects needing done, setting up for events or community events for serving our community. And, you know, honestly, just working on any other fire that would arise. So needless to say, this took a toll on me, my wife, my children, my friends, my day job, and really my effectiveness in the areas I was serving in. I thought I was leading by serving so much, but I was drowning. My family was drowning. My faith took a hit, and my family's faith took a hit because of it. I was leading them, but not down the path we were supposed to be on. Worst of all, because of the example I was setting, My kids were serving every weekend and getting burned out. Jen was getting burned out. I should have seen the signs. My kids all started stepping down from serving. They began to resent serving and going to church. Jen was serving in areas that were not aligned with her gifts, so she was floundering. There is a saying, more is caught than taught. And what my family was catching for me was an unhealthy level of serving. Honestly, I told myself I was serving so much because the church needed me to, like God needed me to. After all, if I didn't do it, who was going to? How arrogant of me to think I was that important, like God wouldn't do it without me. I thought I was putting God first by how much I served, but in the end, I wasn't leading myself or my family the right way, so I wasn't putting God first. Because I was serving so much, I also stopped being involved in community. I stopped attending small groups. I stopped hanging out with my friends and other like-minded people. I went from leading small groups with my best friend to not even joining one. So use my mistakes as a stepping stone. Now, you need to serve, but you need to serve in a healthy way. Serve where your gifts are best used. If it's music, do music. If it's hospitality do hospitality, giving, give, teaching, then teach. Occasionally, you may need to step in and help somewhere else, and that's okay. Just remember, though, serve where you are most effective, and through that, you will become the most fulfilled. So again, as men and leaders of our family, let's strive to put God first in our lives. Start reading and praying and set a routine for spending time with God. Get in a good church and community. Get plugged into that community. Serve in your church with your gifts and talents. And lastly, prioritize God through your money by tithing and giving and how you manage your finances. All right, so again, if you got some value out of this, please share it with your friends and give me a rating and a review. And until next time, be a man on mission, intentional, focused, and precise. Live as a man on target.